All right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today, once again, as always, with Kelly. However, we are not in the Blockhouse. If you listen to our Christmas special, you will know the Blockhouse is dead and buried, much like the bunker, the 12th floor bunker. It's gone. I'm calling, RIP, I'm calling to you from the barn in South Dakota. Kelly, you are still in podcast jail, podcast, the podcast closet. The podcast closet. The podcast Very esteemed, <laughs> gorgeous, beautiful fixtures, many beautiful, amenities. Yeah. It looks like cacti behind you. It's a nice desert scene. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Kelly, we are here today, as always, at the start of season five, year five. That doesn't sound right. Technically. It's, it's technically year four, literally almost the anniversary of our fourth year, but it is season five. You know how seasons and time work. Right. Uh, we're here today to talk about what we've been talking about for Five years now, Bob Dylan. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. If you did not know, Kelly and I spend a week with a Bob Dylan song of any era, chosen at random. During the week, we make a public playlist where we add songs to it. We listen to Bob Dylan. And at the end of the week, we get together and talk about the song and its significance and what it means for us to listen to it. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the UN resolution adopted unanimously in 1956 to grant Japan's application into the General Assembly. And this week, we listen to Wait, what? 2006's the, the Someday the, Baby. What? What? I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care where you go. Or how long you stay Someday, baby You ain't gonna work for me anymore Well, you take my money And you turn me... All right, Kelly, it's good to be back. Last time we talked was uh, before Christmas. So if you want to go listen to two and a half hours of us talking about Christmas... Wow, that's a lot. You can do that. <laughs> or you can listen to us talk about someday baby which is what we chose at the end of last year and now we're doing it this year kelly how have you been over these last couple months that we have not been hanging out again we're also separated so no longer in portland for the time being uh i'm, I'm here in south dakota and you are still in portland how's it been going for the last two months um at the new house uh it's been very stressful but also wonderful it's the good kind of stressful if that's a thing i mean i've been very very detached emotionally to just stay safe <laughs> because these times are like high anxiety right we don't listen to music anymore because we're scared of it yes so uh the last week or so i've been like made it a, a commitment to myself for this year i'm gonna look man this is just how it is you just need to i don't know i've never not had music in my life before and it's so like it's always been an escape for me and it's interesting that my brain is like no you cannot <laughs> because if you engage you will feel and if you feel you will not function <laughs> so so uh i'm doing that although i've been really bad about playing the guitar recently anyway owning a house is crazy because i'm constantly worried that something is going to be destroyed without my knowledge like we heard birds in our attic recently um like i woke up and there was like clawing and scratching and then there was chirping and i was like so we had uh, a bird wrangler person I don't, like an exterminator, I guess, but they don't kill them. They like capture and, and send away um, birds come to check it out because we definitely aren't climbing into our own attic. Poop is very toxic. And if it lingers, it can like inhaling that stuff can really mess you up 
so they also clean out everything if they are. So he went in there. He couldn't get all the way back into the corner where we thought the birds might have been, but he said he saw no signs of birds. Although outside of our house, there was like little insulation bits where they had been rooting around in there. So they definitely were. Um, but the reason why they were even able to get in is because there was a couple of vent covers missing in our roof line that we didn't know. Um, so he was like, wait till the middle of the day because they're most active right in the morning. Like that's when they would be coming in to get stuff if they are doing that. So wait until the middle of the day and then put those vent covers on and then you should be fine. So we did that. But it's like we paid them 150 bucks to tell us there are no birds, but here's how to fix it. And it's not a big deal at all because if there had been birds and it had been a big deal, it's like that could have cost thousands of dollars or something to repair. It's just like constant stress of knowing that there's some there could be at any moment existing some little bullshit thing happening in our house that it that if we knew about it we could fix for a couple hundred bucks but if we don't know about it and it lingers for years will cost us thousands of dollars to fix and it's like that is so so stressful so yeah owning a house is cool does not having a landlord make up for any of that it totally does okay. and like we so we we've been doing the fun decorating parts right like so stacia did redid the whole bathroom and it looks beautiful we just painted our bedroom and it's like all this stuff is awesome because like you would never really do that stuff if you're in an apartment for me and for everyone who is a homeowner that also or especially a new homeowner that has crazy anxiety we had to have the house inspected when we bought it because that's part of the deal and we know that it's not about to fall apart like annually or you know every two years get another inspection for our own peace of mind to know if stuff needs to be helped Anyway, so yeah, so that that's I'm trying to just hold on to the fact that we had it inspected recently. We know it's not sinking into the earth. And then also, like you hear people like a, a coworker of mine, her entire basement flooded out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That could just yeah. happen. I mean, we don't have a basement, but I'm still like, oh, God. <laughs> but it will still flood. It'll still. Flood. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, how are you? How, how's South Dakota? Uh, it's good. I'm. I am in a basement mm. right now, so no flooding here. Um, it's also built into the side of, yeah, side of the earth, so I feel okay. I mean, like, one side of it, it's not all underground, just kind of half of it is underground. So I feel pretty confident with that. Um, but otherwise, no, I'm good. <clears throat> it's snowy here, very different than Portland's, Midwest. You know, it's it's been nice. I've, I've really been sequestered here. I've, I don't see a lot of people. It's exactly <laughs> what I want. It's fantastic. And so far, you've avoided catching COVID, which is great, since that's like the capital. Of it, yeah. Well, it was. I don't think it is anymore. Well, that's so. nice. Masks work, as it turns out. And then everyone's like, repeal the mask mandate. Well, okay, fine. But you just, I, the numbers are going down. Why do you think they're going down? They were going up, and then they're going down. Well, let's eliminate the thing that made it go down. So that's where I'm at logically in this place, which is constant... You know, again, it's people milling about. People don't have a lot to do out here, so they have to constantly be doing shit like this. Mm. And so I just choose to check out. So I just stay down here. I wear my mask and I just do what I do. So I mean, seems to be working. Seems to be working just like you and me. We are working at this Bob <laughs> Dylan podcast. It may not seem like it. But for all the people listening, I just want to shout you guys out over the last four years. Uh, we have a lot of people who listen and a lot of people that reach out and talk to me on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And as always, intermittently, I'm bad at it, but I, I do enjoy talking with everybody. And I want to shout out a new patron that signed up, I think, in November. Patrons, uh, that means that a new patron means that they're sponsoring this episode. They're sponsoring so have, this episode. Who who to thank for this episode? This is uh, Pause. Pause. Who paid us in euros Dope. is 
dope as hell and also is the the official you know caretaker of someday baby so amazing this episode is for pause thank you pause. Uh, kelly before we get into uh the episode itself in the context and lots to talk about lots of lyric stuff lots of music stuff how did you feel coming back and how do you feel about the song in general there are two versions very distinct and if you just want to touch really quickly which one maybe you like the most we're going to dive more into it but um i don't super care for it uh the so modern times is the album that the regular versions on right right yeah the, high, the faster one yeah that one so it's just blues rock it's another blues rock song i kept thinking it was the alicia keys song because every time i would like hear it <laughs> well, in my head did that one what we already did that. That's what I'm saying. I know. For some reason, because I couldn't latch on to anything because I don't care about this song. I was like, I wonder where Alicia Keys could be. You know, like, that's not the song at all. Uh, yeah, so it's just another blues rock song. And I just, I'm very curious to get these later albums uh, because I feel like it's just entire albums huh. full of blues rock song after blues rock song because holy shit, I have a hard road <laughs> ahead. Uh, but the other version, the one from the bootleg series, is it's fabulous. I love it. Well, yeah, maybe that's a, a thing to talk about, really, is like why choose one over the other, that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, so for a little bit of context, there's not a whole lot here. Uh, this was recorded with the rest of modern times in uh, February to March 2006 at Sony Music Studios in New York City. We have Bob Dylan on vocals, guitar, and a little bit of harmonica. I think I heard him him tooting a harmonica in there. Uh, possibly. Maybe I'm making it up. Stu Kimball is on guitar. Denny Freeman is on guitar. Donnie Heron is on all the instruments. Mandolin, steel guitar. I don't know exactly what's on this one. Tony Garnier is on bass, and George Roselli is on drums. This is our fourth modern time song total. We've listened to Thunder on the Mountain last last year. When the Deal Goes Down, the year before that, mm. episode 91, and Spirit on the Water was our first one, episode 56, the year before that. So we are cleaning up side A of this record. That's tracks one, two, four, and five now that we've listened to. Nothing from the back end of that record, just on the front end. Um, this was famous for being on a commercial. This was a commercial that played all the fucking time back in 2006. So this record came out in, in late August. I want to say the 29th of August, 2006. September was the Blitz. I mean, this was all over the place. Um, you just watched it for for preparation for the show. Had you ever seen that video before? The the iPod plus iTunes um, commercial. Have you, you've seen those commercials, though, before with the silhouetted people listening to the headphones, right? Or just not this one? Yeah. Um, or any of them? I... Well, real quick, is no one credited uh, on a fiddle at all in this song, like violin, viola? Oh, I, that would be that would be Donnie Heron. He's the violin. The guy that did the mandolin. mandolin. Okay, cool. Because like, there's definitely a stringed in, like a woodwind stringed instrument. Fair enough. But that's why fiddle is such a nice word because it means violin or any tiny string thing, whatever. Yes, there's definitely one of those on here, and I was like freaking out right. because it at sometimes it sounds because that is also in here a fuzzy steel guitar like with a lot of fuzz. And the, the fiddle is so sneaky and so mm. subtle that it comes in and it mimics that. But then at 4.30, four, minute 4, 30 seconds, there's a nice like crescendo of the fiddle. It's like, ah, oh, I got you. I got you. Anyway. Sounds like uh, you're so, describing a really cool song. 
disagree. Uh, so, so yeah, the iPod commercials, I definitely, I mean, they were iconic. Steve Jobs was the, the king of branding. The dude knew how to market some shit. But yeah, I, I definitely do not remember this specifically at all. I will tell you that 2006 to probably 2010, I died of Comedy Central and Adult Swim. And then anything beyond that would would be stuff that I pirated from the internet, therefore having no commercial. So I don't think that I would have come in contact with Because I'm sure this would have been on any of your your, your broadcast networks, your CBSs, I don't, your NBCs. But why not Comedy Central? Comedy Central is a Viacom station. They, they Lots of eyeballs, right? I, iPod listen players. I, I'm, I would push back and say there's a chance you saw this. You just didn't know. Because it was, I mean, it was everywhere. I saw it everywhere hmm. because it was like all of them you know they over the course of that year they just had a different artist all the time oh yeah and, and I, I doubt it was on for very long but if you weren't watching tv in september of 2006 then maybe you didn't see it but i'm sure it played for like the entire month you know because it's basically also selling his record right it's saying modern times out now right get it on itunes plus it's part of your ipod right so once that sort of ends i'm sure in october they picked another artist you know what i mean yeah but well, I wouldn't I would doubt s- that you might have you might have seen it. I I can see that it, it it's definitely possible. I mean, yeah. I was w- certainly watching TV all the time. So I have a three pronged problem with this ad. Hmm. Prong number one, it makes me feel like I can only buy them right. via iTunes on an iPod. <laughs> and if I'm in Bob Dylan's Target demo, no shade, no tea. I don't know what either of those things are. So I don't know how I can access this album now. Damn it, I would love to buy this album, but I can only do it through the Apple iPod. I think you have to be really stupid to think that that's the only (laughs) possibility. But fair enough. Prong number two. Yes. I thought these commercials and the other ones that I know, the iconic, you know, silhouettes, that they were actually like blacked out. out. You cannot see a human form. Someone went over a rotoscope and just completely blacked out the figures. It's just poor lighting. They're just in poor lighting. It's not in black and white even. It's 100% just a regular video. Just the lighting is terrible. Because then that really bummed me out. They're just in shadows. I I feel (laughs) robbed. That took away the aesthetic entirely. I didn't think about it. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. This is actually a four-prong problem. Prong number three. Wow. Okay. No one in the history of the world has (laughs) danced to this song the way that person (laughs) was dancing to this song. Because not only does it warrant dancing... But not on the beat at all. So it's a stock image. That's why. That's why every month there's a new person here right. because it's just that dancing person dancing to whatever bullshit they're putting on. Correct. Them to sell you iPods. Yep. Prong number four, in absolute classic Bob Dylan fashion, he cannot lip sync to save his life, mm. and yeah. it is very egregious on this particular ad. But I don't know. I don't hate the ad. <laughs> Well, do you think it's do you think it's a lip syncing problem or do you think it's a an editing problem? Like at that point, you're not really lip syncing. It's not a live performance, right? Like he's just up there probably singing the song. They're putting the real song behind it. Like that team that seems to me an editing problem. I mean, he might have done it with the song out there, but they're not piping the two together. You know what I mean? For well, for music videos, what they do is they do pipe the song in yeah. while they're recording the video, and then they go back over and remove any ambient sound that happened during the recording of it and add the actual studio version of the song on top. So I would imagine they do that for commercials too, which means that it should have been playing the stereo recorded version, stereo recorded, what the fuck, the album version of this song while he was trying to lip sync. And it still could be edited because they could have picked the wrong portion of the song. 
pipe in to the commercial, like singing three, but they piped in verse one, for instance. You know what I mean? Yeah, or could have done it earlier with other versions of the song that they thought were coming out. Or, worse off, they piped it in for Bob, and Bob didn't listen, and he just sang the song himself, <laughs> apropos of not even the real song. And just, they were like, well, we can't put it together, because we have the studio version, and we have this guy singing something off. Yep. So what do we do? And if I was going to guess anything, it would probably be that. That Bob was like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, uh, that's totally... But the one rebuttal that I, the main rebuttal I have to that is that this song won a Grammy Award for the best solo rock vocal performance in 2007. So basically everything you said was stupid. Of course. Um, Who did it, who did it beat out? Of course. You ask. Uh, It beat out the song Nausea by Beck from The Information. It beat out Route 66 by John Mayer, a cover of the famous. Route 66. I didn't even know that existed. Tom Petty singing Saving Grace on Highway Companion. His last solo record uh, before he, he died, obviously, way years later. And Neil Young, Looking for a Leader off of Living with War. Those were our best vocal rock solo performances of 2007. And Bob Dylan won. Every time you say something about the grain, I know, I I'm like, it. yeah, they They're really are. They really, really are trash. Holy shit. Holy shit! That's terrible. It's not great. It's not great. And a solo performance is weird because, like, yeah, that means, like, a guy with an acoustic guitar, I guess. But, like, surely there there were definitely other people with acoustic guitars. Let's go. So the song itself is pretty interesting. So I don't want to go too deep on this. This is not a cover. So we are not examining all of the through lines that Bob Dylan is is communing with here. Uh, But this is a classic reference song, you know, that we've talked about before, where this hilarious image of Bob Dylan walking into the studio, giving everybody a record and saying, I want you to do this song and I'm just going to make up new lyrics. That is 100% what happened here. So Chris Shaw, the engineer, uh, told Uncut Magazine that Muddy Waters' Trouble No More was absolutely the song that was brought I don't care how long you're gone I don't care how long you stay But good kind treatment Go bring you home someday But someday, baby You ain't gonna trouble for me anymore My biggest question is how do the two versions diverge so deeply, right? So one version is so different than the other one. Um, One of them is essentially a cover. The other one is, uh, according to Shaw, he puts it, he calls it a slow kind of gospel version, whereas Clinton Halen describes it as not so much night and day, the two versions, as between heaven and hell. Uh, Shaw Shaw says that it happened this way, uh, quote, when he got frustrated with the Muddy Waters version not coming together. After dinner, he walked into the room and George Roselli, the drummer, was tapping out a groove. Bob sat down at the piano and all of a sudden they came up, up with that version. We raced to record that. It was only done for one or two takes. He was still stuck on the Muddy Waters version. So this song, a lot like uh, Modern Times, comes to us directly via you know either the link in the chain that we talked about a lot or the best way to probably think about it is like a river you know water song wise coming down in a river and branching out as we see fit so feeding this river we can call it the river muddy waters we have uh sleepy john estes uh which is on our playlist someday baby blues and lightning hopkins someday baby that uh sort of stream down with like a creek coming in 
called uh, Worried Life Blues by Chuck Berry. So all of those are feeding Muddy Waters Trouble No More, which branches off into its own songs like I Can't Be Satisfied that kind of follow this template or the Allman Brothers, who covered this song famously on their debut record in 1969. Now, I don't know what to call them. Do I call them a creek? I don't know what they are because they're branching off on their own. And then Bob Dylan, he actually covered Trouble No More in 1990 at Toad's Place, that four, that famous four-hour show that he just showed up for and played. Um, he, he did cover this, and I don't know what to call that, right? Because he kind of did that on its own. It wasn't recorded for posterity yet. It hasn't come out. So is that like an underground stream or like a drainage ditch? I don't know. Um, or we can call it like a lake, you know, everything leading into a lake and there's like a floating market on top. And he's basically negotiating with certain versions of this to make a different song. Michael Gray in the Bob Dylan Encyclopedia echoes this sentiment. He says, quote, Worried Life Blues, which is the Chuck Berry song, uses the John Estes chorus, but thoroughly different verses. The Allman Brothers version of the Muddy Waters version, Trouble No More, does the opposite, reinstating an approximation of Estes' version while abandoning the chorus. When Dylan sang it at Toad's Place, it was recognized as the same song as Muddy Waters and duly appears in the various listings of performances as Trouble No More, though really Dylan brings it all back to Sleepy John Estes. So in a way, he's sort of like all of this water is run down and he is taking bits and pieces from all of that to make. I don't know about a new song. Well, I'm glad it's the Muddy Waters version because of the like four versions of this song that are on the playlist i thought the most uh similar musically especially to to um sunday baby so because it's it's uh unquestionable that there's a direct correlation between these two songs um but i don't know i think that i've come around knee jerking ah this is ripped off this is ripped off the kind of thing i used to i i think i used to feel a lot more strongly about that um, even when we started this podcast, we're just like, God, that's fucked up. It's you, you, he ripped this off. He ripped this off. And I, I've really softened that. You said yourself that it's like, you know, artists have taken from artists. Do what are you to do except for build on the references that have come before you? Like, that's what it does. Right. Listening to this, I was just like, oh, I, I get it. And I feel less crappy about it. I think it's um, I was listening to some random dumb playlist because I've been playing so much Fallout. And I was like, let me just listen to all these 50s and 60s. Thank God I've like come out i'm like oh i can just listen to whatever music i want to and play fallout i don't have to do this like genre shit for no reason to be beholden to the original soundtrack (laughs) for because i decided uh but anyway while i was doing that i heard otis redding's version of uh hard to handle like hey little baby let me light your candle because and i was like oh my god I thought that was the Black Crows or whoever it is that came out, did a cover of it in the 90s. Hey, little baby, let me lie again because I'm on my arm. Yeah, that song. I had no idea that was a cover, right? Listening to that, I was like, I would have never known that song. I would have never heard. I mean, not never. It's not impossible, especially now because we have access to literally everything. Uh, but I would have never known that song for all intents and purposes. If I had never heard the stupid Black right. Rose version or whatever. 
so it's like the the yeah. what has always been and continues to be the problem is not giving sure. credit to where credit is due, and the money. The money is always a problem because you know black artists specifically have always been uh, underpaid and like screwed out of deals and like all this stuff. That's where people have, uh, and rightly so, have a problem where it's like, well, here comes Bob Dylan. He's doing this song, and mm-hmm. now he's getting all this money and this credit and this praise for it. When it's like these black artists that came before him, and while it's not Bob Dylan's intention, and I'm not even taking sure. a side here, I mean, those are the facts, and that's why it's it's legitimate to have the knee jerk reaction. It's legitimate to say those things and make those criticisms. Right. It's also, I, I just feel like, but isn't it good? In the grand scheme, taking the money and politics out of it, which I know you, you shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying, someone is getting to hear this song who may not have ever heard this song, finds out it's a cover, and then delves back into the history of this stuff. It's like, it, it takes all, all all kinds and all things to bring to light something that you've never seen before, and like giving somebody the experience to like delve into music history, especially since we have it at our fingertips now, is just think that that's, that's on the whole for the greater good in the grand scheme. Obviously, people should be paid for their work and credited for, for such. Yeah, well, and that's why and Bob Dylan is definitely, he's gone about shady ways of sort of like arranging things. And, you know, he's arranged by Bob Dylan, right? So the pushback, people have pushed back on him. And he's obviously not somebody out there tweeting away and stuff. He's not a social public, public figure. So it takes a lot of people to to have him do the right thing. And it's happened before where he hasn't credited people and he's gone back to credit them. So that's part of it as well. Also, he might be using songs that aren't part of the copyright, right? So you're kind of getting around it that way. And on top of it, I think you use your cachet as Bob Dylan. People are going to be happy with that no matter what. But also, you know, in terms of this album, Modern Times, I mean, I think it's uh, the more and more that I listen to it and the more we talk about it, the idea that people have floated that it's a concept album absolutely makes sense. It's, you know, these old songs being reimagined in a different way that were already being reimagined by the people doing them when he was a kid, you know, in the 30, you know, from the 40s and 50s onward. So it's this reimagining, but just like stated plainly with like the the album cover and just the style of music. It's pretty cool, but you're totally right. It's all about payment, and that's really the thing to get upset about. Like, being introduced to stuff is fantastic, but when I go and listen to them, I don't want them to be getting the pennies on the dollar either, so things like Spotify have to really ship up as well because a lot of that stuff has been sold to random record companies, right, that own the the works that nobody would have bought in in an album store anymore, but now when you stream it, you know, they're the ones getting the pennies. No one, the family isn't getting anything anymore, so... It's kind of a bummer. I don't care how long you're gone. I don't care how long you stay. But that good, kind, sweet man bring you back home someday. Someday, baby, you ain't gonna worry my mind anymore. So before we get into the lyrics itself to try to break down like what the song is about, I, I want to talk about the music for the two. So this surprisingly, Bob Dylan's never played this song live. 
uh, which is pretty pretty wild, given that it was kind of a big song. I mean, it was like the. Um, the I think you already song. said he played it at Toad's place, which I know was the cover, but like, isn't he? Well, see, there you go. If you go back and look at Trouble <laughs> No More, he's probably played Trouble No More multiple times, but he's never right. played this, which is kind of crazy. But so the two versions, we got the two versions. You are more partial to Telltale Signs, the Bootleg Series Volume Eight, which is where you can find that. Yes. Uh, than the someday maybe I think I've come over to that side as well but I think both of them are incredible as you were saying with that fiddle coming in sneakily I think that's something we talked about a lot on rough and rowdy ways was how the music especially if you pop on the headphones it it pops you know you're so there's so many different ways to concentrate on Bob's music that is so top notch and it's not just the lyrics it's not just the callbacks it's not him being an almanac of like an entire history of music that in itself in itself is so compelling but to have musicians that are so great and to have these two songs that are so different than one another you know i'm thinking of something like uh sorry to say it but like series of dreams i thought that too sounds the same we're we're listening to the same thing four times over maybe one of them has a lanois mix that kind of sounds okay but it's still the same plotting version this song is not only two different but it's two different lyrics the lyrics are different on both of them too so it's a different song and with that in mind i don't know where i come down for it like i'm like you know i i'm so partial to the modern times version because i've heard it 500 times i know every single second of it in my bones because i've sang it i know every intonation of bob dylan's it's one of those songs i've listened to more than a lot of other songs and the the bullock series i haven't heard that that much but when you listen to it it's so good his vocals are so good I mean, it is really essential if you want to break it down critically or even just appreciate properly any piece of music that you like really put in headphones so that you don't have this obvious mm-hmm. distraction and like really listen because you won't catch that violin. I never did until I like sat I down did. and listened. And uh, it becomes an orchestral moment when you have so many musicians in a room uh, playing so many different instruments. It's like. I, I, there's like a really subtle in the um, what's it called Modern Times version. Not only is there the the subtle fiddle moment, but there's also someone I think playing either a no, yet another guitar uh, or a, a piano and just hitting one or two notes for accents. I think it's actually another uh, piano because the piano is doing the big hefty thing that it's doing throughout the song, and I don't think it's the same person hitting just a couple keys, just like dun dun. In the background. I mean, it could be Bob. could be Bob singing. I mean, they said he got on a piano yeah. um, to play. So that just that to like when to add the color and know like you really yeah. do have a kind of a composer's mind. And not that it's, it's Bob necessarily doing that because he's obviously not. He works with great session musicians and there, it, there's definitely like a, an in the room collaboration versus a pre- thought out written down composer like the as we like and that's why composers are fucking crazy because they can hear the voices in their head they know what note goes where i i don't even know how people do that mad respect for composers and that's not what's going on here but you just have musicians that that are great musicians in that they have this innate thing where they know when a thing should be added where the flourish should come what sounds good together i think that that's really present on the uh modern times version because there's so much more sound but for the telltale signs um it's stripped down so you don't get as much so there's not the depth there even in that it evoked a stronger feeling in me like i i enjoyed that version more is it more musically difficult or interesting probably not i mean even the solo over the bridge is really tame 
Um, it, but it, it sounds is. great. And people kind of make fun of it. Some people make fun of of the guitar just because it almost sounds like a demo. Like it almost sounds like this is a placeholder because you listen to kind of the riffing on the actual Modern Times version and it's really, it feels good. It feels Oh, it has way like more it's movement. It's, it's really ripping. going, yeah. Yeah, whereas this one's kind of like a placeholder. Like we're going to put in some instrumentation here. So I'm just going to kind of play a little tiny lick. Eh, it's not that good, but I'll come back to it, right? And no one ever did. And but I mean, I'm not going to say that because I can't play any of this. But stuff, I like so I, I understand no that what. criticism, but I I don't agree because there's something yeah. like if you have a sound in mind, okay. Yeah, does yeah, every song need a fucking guitar solo? Absolutely not. If something sounds no. good, it sounds good. <laughs> like okay, you don't get it because you wish there was a guitar solo because you, all you care about is having the same blues rock fucking song over and over again. Great. <laughs> But, like, something different. That was the point of it. Yeah. So I think the little plinking bridge non-solo that there yeah. was was perfect for the context of that version of the song. Yeah. Oh, I also like what you said about the songs, um, sort of Bob plinking away at the piano. And he's sort of like, he because he's basically keeping time in a way where he can tell when he wants to, like, I- insert his, his words because... If any, if anything, Bob Dylan is definitely thinking about his vocal delivery, too, because not only are the vocals great, but just the way that he sings them, he's obviously limited in what he can do. And I think that it's a great limitation. It's like the greatest gift that American music's ever been given is, is his vocal chords and his vocal range. But the way that he can sort of play around with the lyrics and have moments in both songs that give me goosebumps is, is incredible. I love the way that he can work in and and that's why I wish this was played live because I would love to hear him try to do it in a different sort of rendition because clearly he would have changed this up doing it live so I would have loved to see him do some of my favorite lines like when he sings like I don't know what to do now baby you got me so hooked you know where he's like again elongating it past when it should be and then dipping into the chorus really quickly or the bridge or the refrain or whatever you want to call it he knows what he's doing there. He knows how long it's going to be. He's he's keeping track of it and he's able to use the words and once again have a pretty formulaic song that breaks that doesn't feel monotonous because he's singing it in a way that is energetic and like I don't know if that's yeah, energetic would be the the right way. Maybe not so much on Telltale Signs, but I think him not having the standard blues where he's repeating himself works well for this song. Very short verses, standard refrain, and it's just two lines in the refrain, two lines of the refrain, and it feels like the song like moves better. Mm-hmm. And I think Dylan's, um, you know, the lyrics are probably what we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, those things suffer in a lot of ways, but musically, he definitely, I think, he's prepared for what he's doing in both regards. I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's he definitely has a way of knowing when to stretch his voice and, and when yeah. punching the lyrics, and I, I think that he does a great job. On both versions, I don't know. There's just always going to be a really great quality of hearing something captured in the room versus what we do now, which is yeah. all, like almost all exclusively imposed and kind of chopped up and then put together. I'm not criticizing that. It is what it is. But like no. it, it's there's certainly a skill and a finesse for sure yeah. to being able to, to do that. Well, and it's like like you said before about the musicians like. He was he used to play with session musicians, but the but the big benefit of the last 20 years is he's been playing with his band, too. So I, I'm totally with you. And I don't think that they know what he's doing on a given day. He probably doesn't run these songs by them, uh, except for maybe a five seconds beforehand. You know, here's a record tomorrow. We're recording an album. Here's 10 records like I want you to play these songs. 
Um, but I think that familiarity has made these last 20 years so phenomenal musically and not just this, but also triplicate and fallen angels and, and shadows in the night. Like those are excellent. Um, and I just recently went back and re-listened to all of those cause I just don't. And it's musically fucking beautiful. And I think it's only that good because he's playing with people like Tony Garnier that he's been playing with for all, my entire life, 1988. You know, I was born in 87, 88 for you. Tony Garnier and Bob Dylan have been playing together a never-ending tour your entire life until that 2020. Wild. That's wild. Like, think about that connection, you know? I mean, we're not even old enough to have a connection with somebody for 30 years, yeah. you know, except for your parents. So it's um, it's incredible. So that alone is just such an interesting thing. And Tony Garnier can play the cello. So, fuck, <laughs> you need a cello on a song. He'll bust out the cello. And when you have just, like, great musicians, you're good to go. It's hard to overstate that, you know. I'm so heartbreak, my mind tied up in knots. I keep recycling the same old thoughts. Someday, baby, you ain't gonna worry for me anymore. But really, what it all falls down to is the lyrics. And I think the lyrics are really where you either get the song lives forever or it kind of just becomes, you know, whatever. And this song, it probably is just whatever. So Chris Shaw, the engineer, um, he has shown us the way forward to look at this. He said, quote, Bob never has a shortage of ideas where song lyrics are concerned. I don't know if that's 100% true. I think it's been proven sometimes <laughs> that's not true. But it is an interesting way to look on this because there are two very distinct versions of this song. Now, first, I want to say that this is a classic blues song. This is a blues trope song. This can be like we're listening to 3220 Blues, episode 97, all over again, except instead of being a cover like that was with Robert Johnson, Bob Dylan instead is trying to write his own version of the standard blues trope that is women be shopping, nice guys finish last, I got my guns. You know, that kind of stuff. So, again, your mileage is going to vary depending on how willing or I don't know, not even willing. Just like, do you want to hear a septuagenarian talk about his his evil woman? You know what I mean? Like, do you want that or do you or do you want to listen to that in the 1930s where it's a different world? It's a totally different. It's almost like out of time, you know, um, secondly. Uh, I've been listening to this song since it came out, obviously. So it's been almost 15 years, I hate to admit. And until we started this podcast and I started building all this stuff in the systems notion in particular that I use for this podcast, I didn't realize that the refrain is someday, baby, you ain't going to worry poor me anymore. You ain't going to worry poor me. You're not going to worry me. I'm not going to worry about you anymore. I thought that it was for me. Someday, baby, you ain't going to worry for me anymore. Now, that changes the song completely. Yes, it does. We will not touch on that at all. But I forgot about that. That's a better song for the record. Potentially, potentially, because it does put the onus on someone else and you can kind of interpret their feelings and that does make it better instead of your own stupid myopia. Yes, I think so, too. But if I accidentally say for me instead of poor me, po me, and I say for or foe, just know that I I'm not, I don't mean it that way. I do mean by the lyrics. So we're not going to talk about for me. We're going to talk about poor me. 
from here on out. Although I would much rather be talking about that. And when I sing it, and the reason I say that is because every time I've sung it, I have to fix myself because I keep saying for me, for me, for me. It is just part of my life. You know those songs where you just sing it wrong and you can never be told? Oh, totally. Exactly. This is totally. this is one of those songs for me that will never, will never be poor because I don't understand it. It is a weird turn of phrase. It's a very old turn of phrase. Yeah. And I think for me, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit in my brain. Um, but the song itself. So let's kind of go through the, the the refrains and what's going on here. I vehemently agree with everything you said up top. And I'm glad you saved me from having to say it because that's totally what it is. I already had a distaste. Dis, not distaste. I don't know. That seems a little too strong. I was already yeah. bored by the song musically. Uh, not just yeah. from Bob Dylan, but in the world at large. Because it is so straightforward blues rock. But I, yeah, I, the tropiness extending to the lyrics is just like... Come on, man. But I, what I do like is, uh, was it the Clinton Hanlon quote that you said earlier? Was that there's like a, this idea of heaven to hell? Because I do think that the tones are certainly different. Even though if we unfortunately kept the ringing the neck verse, which we could have not, because that kind of colors it in a way that we could have really made it a dichotomy there with like, this is good, this is bad. Nope. We had to like suck some bad into the other one too. But anyway, uh, I, I, I definitely agree that the lyrics, it, it's interesting, even if the, the, the lyrics are a lot different between the two, the music colors them completely differently for me. No, that totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. So um, just to kind of like lay it all out on the table here. So if you've, you know, there's only two versions, surely you've listened to them. Uh, if you haven't listened to them, pause us, go listen to both versions, come back to us. In fact, pause us, listen to our entire playlist. And then come back to us. But both songs, both songs do start the same, the same. So like a lot of Bob Dylan songs, he does have a plan for the beginning and the end. And he's usually pretty good about sticking to them. So when we start, we get, I don't care, which I kind of like, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care where you go or how long you stay. Someday, baby, you ain't going to worry. Uh, will you? But then immediately it turns on a dime. Will you take my <laughs> money and you turn me out? You And I love that you fill me up with nothing but self-doubt. You know, someday, baby. Um. I like that. I mean, for what it's worth, again, a lot of these verses are are pretty good on their own uh, without the ringing your neck. I mean, I'm with you. Um, some of these are just kind of, they, they, they can mean more than they say, which is the point of the blues, right? You're singing something simple and straightforward and a lot of repetition, but that reinforces itself so that you fill me up with nothing but self-doubt. Sounds great. I like that. Yeah. And like I like the way that he says it in the other version, but anyway, sorry. Again. You like the way he says it on what Telltale Signs, or yeah, because instead of um, you fill me up, doesn't he just say uh, he shortens it? It just it fits better in the song, I think. Oh, where okay. he just says like you give me you give me nothing but self doubt instead of fill me up uh, with nothing. Oh, but okay, yeah. I didn't even catch that. One. I think that's yeah. Well, sweet, yeah. So, anyways, a- another way to like make it sh- shorter, snappier, and really to the point. And I guess that gets me to my next point here, which is that some of the verses, there's two verses in particular that are shared between the two, but are jumbled. So they're not in the same order between them. And on top of that, as a bonus for everybody, BobDylan.com makes them worse. So there's a great verse that um, you've got my mind tied up in knots. I just keep recycling the same old thoughts that was shared with another one on Modern Times. But the official lyrics are something is the matter. My mind is tied up in the in knots. Oh man! Something is the matter. I mean, can uh, you get more vague than that? While we're dunking on BobDylan.com, they also completely missed the last verse. The living this way That's, and a natural thing to do. It's, it's not on there. Not on it's there. not on there. So cool. That's what I was going to bring up at the end. Of course, yeah. yes. It's not even on there, which is incredible. Uh, <laughs> the other one here of the of the verses that are jumbled is the I don't want to brag, 
but I'll wring your neck. When all else fails, I'll make it a matter of self-respect. BobDylan.com has it as, gonna get myself together. I'm gonna wring your neck. Mm-hmm. Now, that one is kind of scary because it's almost like the the sudden scariness of, like, you know, violence, you know, without yeah. even expecting it. Uh, but I want to be more mad about the sentence structure and the run-on <laughs> sentence with the comma in the middle. Like, to me, that's, like, that's the worst part about that. So... I don't want to read anything deep into something as stupid as going to get myself together. I'm going to wring your neck. The two to me don't compute. I'm going to get myself together. So I'm going to wring your neck. Also, wring your neck is such an old turn of phrase, right? That doesn't, I mean, it is a violent thing, right? You're physically grabbing somebody. Well, does it mean strangling? um, I thought it meant strangling. I thought it was more just like I'm grabbing you. Well, no, even grabbing them physically, but just like, I thought it just meant like I'm just going to. I'm going to pull you back. Like, I'm going to keep you here and hold you. But, yeah, I mean, I guess strangle them to death, I guess. When all else fails, I'll make it a matter of self-respect. <laughs> I don't know what that really implies, but. Yeah. Gr- I'm going to honor kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I love the way he sings it, though. So, again, Super Charming by Bob Dylan singing about wringing people's necks. So this is where. So beyond all of that, this is where I think it gets really interesting because we talk about. Um, you know, the evil, like I said, the evil woman bullshit definitely comes into this song and it suffers deeply from further reflection from us. I feel pretty turned off by wanting to like look into this more because it doesn't really mean much to me, despite the posturing, despite the history of it and what Dylan's trying to do. And the fact that he kept this shit on modern times and kept all of the great verses on telltale signs like the one not released on the record is pretty, you know, it's pretty typical Dylan, right? The best stuff, the most vulnerable stuff gets put off to the side and I'm going to take the braggadocio, you know, tip what we typify quote unquote as a, as a blues sort of braggadocio blues song he keeps in, you know, so lines like, you know, I was young driving was my crave. Like you drive me so hard, almost to the grave. So many good things in life. I mean, I love that line because I love the drums. So many good things in life, you know, that I overlooked. Don't know what to do now, baby. You got me ho- so hooked. How dare you? How dare you make me fall in love with you? Evil woman, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can take your clothes, put them in a sack, go down the road. You can't come back. I try to be friendly, try to be kind. Now I'm going to drive you from your home just like I was driven from mine. A cool line. If only there was more of like a cool more to the story like if that was more mysterious i would like the just like i was driven from mine that makes you think like oh what happened in this guy's life but oh it just turns out that my girlfriend broke up with me because i'm a loser and now i'm i enjoy (laughs) her going through pain and hardship it's like she's your lover now i'm enjoying watching her in a new relationship or whoever again we don't know who the narrator is the narrator is watching their lover their former partner go through troubles and they're getting a kick out of it because they can't get over them, but they're enjoying watching them fail. Right. I mean, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we trod, we trod this ground before we did it. in she's your lover. Now, most recently, if not before then, that's just the first one that comes to mind. Go listen to those songs. They're way better. Yeah. Well, I, cause I think that on the one hand, like the nice, the forgiving take of this is like at, at best it's women be shopping and at worst, it's like violently, intentionally sexist, got between a board and a terrible place, right? Like, uh, 
So lyrically, yeah, it's just very much wanting. Yeah. Well, and, and the wanting, we actually do get something too, which I, I appreciate. So we get the more reflective Dylan. Like we, we, we know Bob Dylan is a repository of all of this knowledge. He is a musical almanac, like I said before, and he's a great arranger. So he's taken all of these tropes and he's made it into a great song. He's made it into a song that if you're going to listen to a blues rock song, might as well be fucking this one. You know, it's better than every other fucking blues rock song from an artist in the 2000s that you're going to find, right? So might as well do that. And it's going to have a connection to the past that none of the other people can even pretend to have. You know what I mean? Um, but like other songs, you know, I wish I could swap out some of these vulnerable lyrics and put them into the official version of the song. Like I think about a lot of the blonde on blonde songs we've done where he gets really mean. And if we take out the mean stuff and put in the more vulnerable, like... Um, we would be better off because we only get one song that gets remembered by everybody. Right. And unfortunately it's not telltale signs. It is modern times. That is the official, if you will, version right. of this song. And it is just the way it is um, because some of them, it's not just about the darkness. I don't mind darkness. I don't mind dark lyrics. I don't even mind like uh, taking on a persona in a song. You know, a lot of hip hop is just persona. It's a reflection of their lives and the reflection of what, what they've seen or, or, or again, a reflection on the past. But, you know, with Bob, it's like uh, there is a difference between this and Murder Bob. You know, Tempest is a couple of years from now. And those songs off of Tempest that are kind of creepy and scary, and it's like Bob Dylan stalking people in the night, that is so much better than this Bob Dylan that's jilted by some lover and he's just like mad at her. You know what I mean? There is a difference between the two of them. Yeah. And again, he, he chooses the women be shopping lines over the murder Bob. And I think that's a huge mistake. We get a couple of murder Bob lines in here in the telltale signs version. He sings amazingly. You made me eat a ton of dust. You're potentially dangerous and not worthy of trust. What the fuck kind of line is that? Right. Amazing. Why would you cut that? Yeah. That is so mysterious and fucking know. weird. I love it. And, and to, to go with that, I love not so much the gonna blow your mind just because it implies, you know, 3220 got my pistol gonna fucking blow your brain out. Right. But I love that I'm gonna blow your mind, not in the physical way, but blow your mind and make it pure. I mean, even that's very serial killer scary, you know, fucking blow your brain off and I'm gonna see that as clean, um, you know, and I've taken about as much of you as I can endure. That's scary. Like, that's good stuff. That's way yeah. better than I drive cars and I like it. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like if you're going to go there, lean in because make, make it, it interesting. interesting, fictionalize it more so that we just aren't living in this like shitty trope world where there's big. I mean, we just we know for a fact that he just wanted to make that song and he fulfilled the brief in that. But that's why this version is so much better. Fuck it. Let's just do some weird shit. Right. Oh, then the next one, little by little, bit by bit, every day I'm becoming more of a hypocrite. Boom. Right there. I'm. We've introduced a me. We've introduced all of these elements that cannot abide. A modicum of responsibility. Can, exactly. I'm here also. Yeah, and it cannot abide. Bob says, it has to go. I cannot believe I wrote that couplet. It has to go. And he immediately he immediately shunned <laughs> it from the world. Because that's the best part right there. Like, I mean, it's really, some of these lines are actually weaker than what we got. Like the next one right here. When I heard you was, when I, when I heard you was cold, I bought you a coat and a hat. I think you must have forgotten about that. Really? No, but but I yeah, get we could have that That's heavy fine. sweetheart like you. That hat looks nice on you. Oh, girl well, from totally. the North country, keep her warm. You sure. know, buy her a coat to keep her warm and boots energy. 
You know, not only with the, you must have forgotten about that. I, when I heard that, all three of those great, unforgettable songs, in a bad way, maybe for Sweetheart Like You, just flooded my brain. I was like, this is what we've been talking about all the, t- all the whole time, right? This idea of somebody, we've all been through that, right? About, you know, breaking up with somebody and seeing them move on and you not wanting to forget about some part of your life with them or, or what that means to you. And, and him being, again, I keep saying vulnerable, but I think you must have forgotten about that is a very scary thing that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And again, relating is not part of what Someday Baby's mission statement is. That line has to go as well because we can't have people relating to this. Yeah. This has to be fake. Well, even in this version, like it, I, and I, I understand kind of why he ultimately was like, no, this one because suffers from vision, doesn't know what song it wants to be because this does not fit in the murder Bob narrative. Like if we're going to lean and go, but I a hundred percent agree with the, cause it absolutely conjured uh, the hat line, yeah, right. the sweet hat like that. <laughs> I mean, it, but, he didn't uh, say shoes. It was just too bad. If he, if he said shoes, then I would be like, this motherfucker's playing us right now. <laughs> like he's doing this on purpose. Yeah. And totally go from the North country. But like, so that if we want to paint this one as like a more insidious, sinister, uh, murdery Bob song, this kind of also doesn't fit. Um, yeah. But in, and it doesn't go. It definitely doesn't go in the blues song. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it could have kind of went because it's not. I mean, it's a weak deep. ass line. It's a weak. Oh, ass yeah, line. Totally. yeah. It doesn't really do much for anything. And really, and you're right, though, uh, because the, the mystery sort of ends. Um, the hypocrite line alone is pretty good because you can just build on that yeah. and kind of make it whatever. This part is really kind of weak. And the, and the same thing with um, uh, another line from Telltale Signs. Um, you say you need me. How could I know? You say you love me, but it can't be so. And that really reinforces, again, the narrator feeling this way about a relationship, which, again, we're not allowed to actually have in the official Someday Baby. So that has to be scrubbed as well. Yeah. But that's not that's not as bad. The worst line is by far the code in the hat line. <laughs> but but still making it a love song like that, like, you know, and basically saying, like, I don't I don't believe you that you that you loved me. You know, that's something different than I'm going to drive around and be mad at you for taking my money. I don't know. It's just really bad. Anyways, both songs end again, like you mentioned, Bob Dylan.com <laughs> does not have the ending of this song, which is which is hilarious because it's probably one of the better lines too. you know, live in this way. Ain't a natural thing to do. Why was I born to love you? I love that someday, baby, you're not going to worry for poor me anymore. Um, again, a good open close could have shorn up the middle C plus. <laughs> nice. Nice. Does this song work in 2021, Kelly? I don't know. We're so close to our, our Christmas roundup that I like it. I have very present in my mind the ranking, the ultimate ranking. Uh, I know, right? You're like, yeah, and I'm like, gonna go? right now, I'm like, <laughs> this is one of one for the season. But that's because <laughs> it's the only song we've done. Uh, I'm going to say this is middling at best. Does it work today? It's always interesting when we get a more recent song of Bob Dylan's because it's like, well, clearly he made this album not even 10 years ago. So it's like, wait, I'm sorry, 14 years ago. <laughs> uh, old. It'll be 15 this August. So, yeah. This one's going to I'm going to say yes, because yes, with the caveat Yes, if you're into blues rock. Yes, if you're into blues rock, this song totally works. For me, does this song work? Yes, I do think it works for 2021. I think that the song is great, but I do agree with Clinton Halen in the end when he wrote that the reason he probably chose this song, the the one on Modern Times, over the one on Telltale, even though for Halen, uh, he, he believes 
again, night and day, heaven and hell. The reason he chose it, I think, is is right, which is Bob Dylan had a low tempo song before this. So he had in his mind the the playlist beforehand, and he had When the Deal Goes Down, our 91st episode, ah. uh, is a song before this. That is a slow song. Then we have to do this song. And then after this is a slow song, Working Man's Blues. So instead of restructuring the album or not caring, we have to do this. Um, so I do, I do genuinely think that's the only reason he chose one over the other is very simple like that. Now, I also don't think that this is a park bench song. No, but this is like, this is like, um, if we want to keep with like the, um, the water theme, it's like an algae bloom of just verses. You can just move them around at will and put them wherever. And for the most part, beyond maybe a few of them, they work wherever. Like maybe you don't start with, you know, why was I born to love you? But then again, it's like starting a novel at the end and working your way backwards. That works too. I think any one of these lines could be rearranged in any way and it would work. And at the end of the day, we get a couple of great couplets that are some of Bob Dylan's best. And we get an excellent vocal track, which I think is, for a Bob Dylan fan, enough. And if you're a brand new person to it, I think Bob Dylan's voice is very soothing and also really interesting. It doesn't sound like a lot of stuff that you hear. Um, it feels old and new at once. Um, and if, and if, like I said, if Modern Times is to be a concept album, then I think that volume eight is too um, emotionally available. And it's not allowed to be there, right? Because it wouldn't have been there back in the day. And if we're doing songs based on the, based on back in the day, and that's the concept, then maybe we can't be as vulnerable as we want to. And I think Bob Dylan, as an artist, can't be as vulnerable as he wishes he could maybe be the way he writes, because he is trying to fulfill something that, you know, is something maybe in his head that he thinks that he needs to do. And um, instead of um, following that. I think that he couldn't put that on to modern times, the telltale signs, because, you know, the mighty rivers that etched this path, he, for some reason, decided instead of like he's done his whole career, he was like, no, I'm just going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to the to the river path and put it right down the center. And that's exactly what he did. Living this way ain't a natural thing to do. Why was I born to love? Someday, baby, you ain't gonna worry about me anymore. Kelly, did you know that we are a real podcast? If you want to follow us, we're SOTW Pod everywhere uh, Twitter, Instagram, tw- Twitter, I already said Twitter, Facebook, right? Maybe something like that. <laughs> Um, I promise like every year, you know, last year with new morning, it felt like a new morning, right? 2020. It's going to be a wonderful year. No, 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 no. And, uh, so, you know, like before, I'm going to say, I'm going to try my best to, to, to do more here and not only doing more in terms of posting and keeping people up to date, but also on our Patreon, you know, every, it seems like every time I turn around, somebody else is uh, pledging and you can be part of that too. And if you pledge a dollar, you can have or more, you'll have an episode completely dedicated to you. Like this one. So if you want to be like Pause in this episode, give us give us a dollar. Yeah, thanks, Pause. Or give us more. Holy moly. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love it. Um, and so we'll see you there and hopefully some, some extras on Patreon too this year. Kelly, one of the extras that we always do is we create a playlist built upon this song. Um, before I even get into the playlist itself... 
vibe check for you. How was it coming back for season five? It was good. Uh, I mean, because it was heavy with context for the song being the, you know, the blues yeah. that inspired it. It was a little weighted to one kind of vibe. I also, listening to multiple times, was like, oh my God, Daniel's such a dad rock guy. Or like, and I, yeah, I'm like, and I know that I've just never really put that context onto it, but I was like, the Sturgill Simpson stuff, oh, and sure, always yeah, like Sturgill. Jason Isbell, and then like Steve Earl. Like, I just like, you're so. And, and even listening to Bob Dylan, obviously, like, well, if that if it's if it's a crime to be a dad rocker, then take me to jail. <laughs> it's just so funny, you know. I don't what when it all became dad rock is is also very funny to me. Like when when did it become dad rock? I mean, Bruce yeah. is one thing, Bob's one thing, but Sturgill, but he's my age. has the essence. He's, has the I mean, feeling. he's not dad rock. Maybe, maybe. Okay, well, before we even get into that part of it, um, before we even say welcome back and welcome to the playlist, I got to shout out the four people that I never looked uh, uh-huh. that have already been on our playlist yes, uh, because we had a song called Maybe Someday. And the Strokes, Tegan and Sarah, Steve Earle, and Elway, all, everyone, all four of those songs are on our Maybe Someday episode 30 playlist. That Every single all one of them. your fault. <laughs> my fault because uh, i keep i keep meticulous records for this very reason and i completely fucked it up now a lot of those the strokes or whatever tegan and sarah every time we can have them is great the reason i went to steve earl immediately was because justin towns earl died last year he actually just released a new album called jt which is him covering his son's songs it's oh, very wow. It's very sweet, and he has one song dedicated to him at the very end, an original song. So I recommend, outside of like our recommendations, Steve Earle, Justin Towns Earle, huge part of our playlist world. Uh, go listen to that. But welcome to the playlist, only three. Welcome back to the playlist, only three. Um, Sergio Simpson, dad rocker extraordinaire, uh, someday <laughs> off of Cutting Grass Volume 2, which came out at the end of December of last year. And, of course, the great Dolly Parton. Baby, I'm burning. We you gotta love the the lasers. Amazing! In there. It's great. This uh. is the last album I stopped at before I was like, I'm I've crossed. I'm this is the Rubicon to speak to keep on the water theme. Here's the Rubicon. Uh, if I cross over this, then I'm into 80s Dolly World, and I listened to everything last year Dolly from you know 1960, you know when she started, up until this. This was my last Dolly when it's like, okay, she's about to be devoured by the 80s so Mm -hmm. i can't so i haven't crossed that line yet and then finally the pretenders brass in pocket holy shit kelly yeah man not only now i'm gonna guess you chose this song because like cadence wise it it is it absolutely for the for the alternate version yeah yeah yes it was incredible like it's just going with it i'm like this is the song I know. It's almost like right? on the radio and he's like, yeah. Yeah. The pretenders. Let's go. Dun, 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 dun. Same, same, same. Welcome to the playlist. A couple of people, obviously, are heavy hitters from this episode. Weirdly, Muddy Waters for the first time, Trouble No More. Sleepy John Estes for the first time, Someday Baby Blues. 
and uh, Lonnie Johnson, who we did not talk about. Uh, that was a huge influence on Bob Dylan, Lonnie Johnson, but he did uh, Someday Baby as well. And I like that version. So it's on here. So those three are from the era. Um, and then we have, uh, for the first time, Melanie, Baby Guitar. Um, Animal Crackers, if you haven't heard it, is probably, I played it on our road trip. I think we talked about Melanie on one of our shows here. We didn't. She was on our, our Christmas our Christmas list. I haven't done the Christmas list yet. Maybe. My bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this lady. She's great. What this song is yes. amazing. Melanie is fantastic. Freddie Gibbs, Baby Shit, uh, off of Alfredo, which came out last year. That was also excellent. excellent. So he released like three albums last year. And they were all on like everybody's top oh. 100. So I listened to all of them and, and this one included. Fantastic. Uh, so dad rock. Get out of here, Kelly. <laughs> Head Automatica. Beating Heart Baby. One of my favorite songs of the last 20 years. Uh, okay. Daryl Palumbo of, of Glassjaw. Uh, Gal Costa from the 1960s. A song called Baby. Uh, Liza Minnelli. Maybe this time from Cabaret. And Franz Nikolai, uh, the great uh, Anchorage New Moon Baby. New Moon Baby. Um, great. So he's uh, a member of Hold Steady. Uh, that was my favorite song on the playlist this this, this time for sure. It's really good. Yeah, it was great. Kelly, beyond uh, listening to Someday uh, Baby Forever, we were also people in the world over this interim between 2020 and 2021. A few things have happened. Um, you know, new president new world we started this right when the trump world was starting and it's interesting that it's kind of it's not over by any means it never started it's always been a terrible shit show here in america and it will continue to be and it will continue to be worth fighting against but it is it is interesting just in the amount of time that's passed so four years on in this podcast kelly we are still alive and we're still listening to stuff watching stuff where is your head at and what have you been doing? I'm kind of interested because I haven't been there for two months. What have you been doing these two months? Anyway. Yeah, it's been a long since we've done this. Although I th- feel like you're wanting to discount the Christmas playlist or Christmas episodes. I think those are totally valid. And Well, I know everyone is dying to get the update on what NBC sitcom is in the rotation at the moment. Um I will let you know that I tried, I just finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I tried to go into The Good Place, but The Good Place is so good that I can't use it as like a sleepy time show. So I only have it reserved for doing rote monotonous work work and have it on in the background because I can listen to it enough that I don't miss it uh, versus what I classically use the NBC sitcom for, which is to fall asleep. I cannot do that with The Good Place. It's too good. So I went from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Briefly to the good place, decided I couldn't do it, and then went back to 30 Rock. So it's 30 Rock season. Uh, but Station, I've been watching The Crown, which has been kind of fun. If you don't know, it's like um, a fictionalized version of the current uh, monarch of England, Queen Elizabeth II. Right? That's, isn't that her name? No, that's not her name at all. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, finally watched the very last episode of Mandalorian season one, which I got to episode whatever it is, nine, and not, didn't watch the tenth one, or if there's only eight, I watched till seven. Forever, forever. And then so I finally watched, like, Station I started from the beginning, watched the whole thing all the way through the end of season two. Season two is not great, but the first season was excellent. Okay. Um, I would say it's worth watching. Mandalorian, whatever. SZA, um, I bought the beautiful double okay. album for Control that came out in 2017. Yeah, I bought it like a year ago because um, I really love that album so much. And then I was like, because I've been kind of collecting random stuff. Like, I really wanted to have a, a nice little collection of Pacific Northwest records from, you know, just like little artists, especially like, you know, back in the queer core era of the early 90s. Like, that's my jam. Like, all the um, 
you know, Riot Girl stuff. I was like, well, let me have this little niche collection. Then I was like, oh, I also love these albums. So why don't I just buy a couple of those? So like I bought The Internet, uh, Ego Death, and I bought um, the one that came out right before that that I can't remember the name of. Uh, and then I bought uh, Scissors Controls also. Anyway, so she was supposed to come out with an album last year, but then last year was last year. So it's like that didn't happen. But she did come out with two singles um, during the year. The first one being Hit Different with Ty Dollar Sign and uh, The Neptunes and Pharrell, which is kind of redundant to say because The Neptunes are Pharrell and that one other guy. So, like, I don't know. Anyway, when she came out after that called Good Days is great. Uh, I'm really sad that we didn't get the album, but hopefully maybe this year it'll happen. So keep an eye out for that, SZA. Uh, go listen to Good Days. But, and then, uh, because I love local Portland radio because it's relevant to everyone. <laughs> I found out about X-Ray FM, also via a bumper sticker. This is where I get all of my news is bumper stickers from people in Portland. So uh, X-Ray FM is 107.1. So put it your dial to it. But it, yeah, it's just it's instead of KBU where it's like a lot, and, and a lot of talk radio, different segments, which is great because like a public access channel. Uh, X-Ray is, is just music. Just whatever they want to play. It's just an independent radio station. So uh, while I was listening to that, I heard a song from Pinback, which I did not ever get into Pinback at all. Uh, I didn't. This is a new band for me, but apparently they were very big in the early teens. I had never heard of them. Um, the song I heard on the radio that like, got me, and I was like, I'm going to Shazam this because this is amazing, was Penelope. Uh, and so I just popped Spotify. Like, you know, they do that. This is whatever. Ba- like, insert band here. Like, this is you know whatever so pinback so i did the this is pinback spotify playlist and just listen to their their stuff and the other song that on there that really got me was a uh, loro l-o-r-o that one's great so pinback a band that people didn't knew about 20 years ago i am just now discovering and i enjoyed it um and then the last thing i know this is a lot but it's been a long time is i listened to a podcast that wasn't just dumb gay politics for the first time in forever can you believe it? A new thing. Uh, it's called Blocked and Reported. It's hosted by Kurtzog, who is a journalist or a former journalist for a local Seattle paper called The Stranger. And Jesse Sig- Single, who is also a journalist for the New York Magazine. Um, and they have both been canceled uh, by pop culture, like by the Twitter sphere. So they are, they, what they do is they talk about like, internet uh, culture and try to have like a through line of actual truth and like what, what in the week what was the twitter blow up of that week let's talk about those issues and, and what they well i'll try to keep mine i'll try to keep mine pretty brief uh really quick music wise uh the dirty nil came out with a new record i love that recommend it. it's called fuck art so you're in good hands uh there's a rapper called uh rap rap ferraria who came out with a record called bob's son he did an album last year that I really, really liked, and um, I didn't get to recommend it. Um, but no, I'm, I think I did. I recommended it on my top 20. So anyways, it came out called Bob's Son. I recommend it. Kelly, that's for you. Um, I listened to more Red City Radio, Paradise. I keep listening to it. I want to delete it from my new playlist, but I just keep wanting it to be around because it's really good. They're still really good. It's crazy. The band Shame just came out with a new album called Drunk Tank Pink, which is fantastic. Uh, Beach Bunny. Uh, who we saw with Pup. They came out with a new EP called Blame Game. Fantastic. And MF Doom died on uh, Halloween. Damn. Yeah, he died on, on Halloween. They announced it uh, on the 31st of December, uh, but he died on the 31st of October. And yeah, I've just been revisiting all the classic, you know, MF Doom records that I haven't listened to in a long time. So RIP Doom. I do want to say um, I've started a new project. Um, to watch 101 movies this year, one movie from every year. 
starting in 1920. So I've made the whole list, and I'll link it in our in our show notes to the an app called Letterboxd. Um, but I did start in 1920, so I actually watched Way Down East, which is uh, D.F. Griffith, you know, the guy who did Birth of a Nation. He did. A, yeah, I know. We're we're working with some fine specimens here. Uh, I watched his movie. That was the first uh, uh, silent movie I had ever watched in full. It was a full length movie, and it was fucking weird. And all of these have really, f- they have really fun backstories. Like there was like a, a f- um, an ice flume. Like there was like a waterfall with like ice, like real ice breaking off and going down the river. And one the actor, um, who was doing it, she was like laying on those the ice. Obviously, the flume part was fake. You could tell it was like carpet going down the waterfall because they didn't have CG back then. But the girl on some of the shots was actually in frozen water on a frozen lake. And it turns out that she laid there and like there's iconic shots of her with her hair in her water in the water. And she actually fucked up her her arm by laying in that cold for so long that it bothered her for the rest of her life. But she lived to be like 90 years old. But she has been in she was a star of the silent screen. But it was it was great. Way down east. Also, I watched The Kid and Payday from Charlie Chaplin. I've never watched a Charlie Chaplin film. And have you ever watched Charlie Chaplin? No, I mean, I've just seen clips of, you know, watching other documentaries. Right, we've all seen clips. I got to tell you, if you ever watch one, watch The Kid. It is exquisite. It is so good. He is so good. I was so charmed watching it. I'm like, I totally get it. I get why. He's great. Do not look at his Wikipedia. Do not learn about his life. <laughs> talk about me too talk about canceled oh yeah the yeah, guy yeah. i mean he was he was also canceled for being like sympathetic to the communists to, to socialism so that part i'm fine with it's the womanizing and the 15 oh, year olds sure. that i'm not fine with oh yeah uh north by northwest my first hitchcock movie my first full hitchcock movie i've definitely heard of psycho and i've heard of the birds everybody knows everything about it but i've never watched the hitchcock movie so i watched north by northwest 1959 and it was fucking great <laughs> Um, I've watched some TV, Kelly. I've watched the American the American Barbecue Showdown. Yeah. I don't know if you watched that. Oh no, I am not familiar. Okay, so that was on Netflix, and that was like a, it's like just barbecue. It's like a cooking show. Uh, I rewatched Community in full, starting on in January. Oh my god, what a great show! I haven't watched season I know. six. I hadn't watched season six until for this was my first rewatch of season six. And it's so good. It's just so good. It's so good because it's all falling apart. Other shows that don't do all that meta stuff and like just think completely differently. They would just let it lie. And then you get new Becky and you don't talk about it kind of thing. Right. But like, it's just so perfect. And especially the last episode, you'll be back. Right. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) And it's also sad. And it's like, I don't know, like that show always had a heart that there are moments that just like choke you up in a way that other shows don't. Like not only is it funnier than other shows, it has more heart than a lot of other shows too. And there's just nothing like it. And so you know as well, before in 20, 2020, I finished Shit's Creek. I watched it in full oh, good. over three days. I watched it all the way through without any stops or breaks. Um, I was kind of doing other stuff and it actually turned out to be the perfect show to do that with. And finally, the last thing I want to say is there's a podcast out there called Know Your Enemy, and it's about the right. It's about knowing the right and the right's ideas and their cultural cachet that they've had since the, the you know, basically since um, since World War II and just sort of trying to understand hmm. what people on the right think what your enemy is up to. That sounds excellent. Check into that because I think that I'm more and more aware of the fact that it's like 
on the one hand, it's nice and comfortable and safe and I don't have to have feelings or deep thoughts about what's going on. That's little bubble really damaging and limiting and should really know what's happening beyond your safety. All right, Kelly, this is the end of episode one of season five, <laughs> episode 121 total. That's right. 121. Hooray! But I'm over it. It's time to get on to 122. Now, instead of doing instead of doing what we normally do um, with our sponsorship with random.org, you got to stop instead saying of that. renewing that, we decided to ditch them. They're done. At least we're going to try that. Kelly, I have set up a system for you to fulfill your lifelong goal, your lifelong being the life of this podcast goal, to search for Bob Dylan songs based on words. And I want to fulfill that, but also make it a little more random because I don't want you to pick the word, you know, visions and you get (laughs) visions of Johanna. You know what I mean? You can just basically tailor this to your own bullshit. So we have to get away from that. So there is a website out there called randomwordgenerator.com. And it'll just put out a fucking word. Now, I have archived not all of the lyrics, about half of Bob Dylan's songs. So this week, we're going to be dealing with less songs than we will next episode. But I want you to search either one at a time or three at a time or five at a time or 500 at a time. And I want you to basically read them down and and whatever order you want to pick them. Again, you can put as many on the screen as you want. You pick the word. As long as it's, again, a little, you know, a real word, Kelly, help me out here. And uh, and I will search the lyrics and I will, if there are multiples, I will give you a choice. If there's only one, it's the one we're going to do. So, Kelly, let's see how this works in real life because I'm kind of nervous about it because uh, it sounds stupid. Two years ago, we tried to do this. I tried to do this on like a historical calendar. I was going to do some like you know, it's Valentine's Day. We're going to do this. And I gave up immediately. So this might just be another sign on the window first that becomes a first and only. But Kelly, five words, what you got? Just give it to me one one at a time. Arise. Arise. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good word. I know. No, nothing. Next one. <laughs> Quantity. Quantity. That's not a very good song word. Nope. Uh, hard no for me. Next. Shocker. Dinner. Dinner. Okay, okay. Dinner is going to be good. I can think of a couple me- a couple songs right now about meals. Okay, we do have two. We, ha- we now have two that have dinner. Okay. Uh, so nice. let's save nice. that. What's the next one? Conductor. White people love trains, so Conductor. maybe. Conductor, yes. Okay. Nice. Cool. So we've got another one and then one more. I knew it. Uh, swipe. Swipe. Oh, doubt it. Doubt it. No, swipe doesn't work. Okay. So Kelly, what were the, what were the two that worked? Conductor? Dinner and conductor. Okay. So we have three choices there. One of them is a song called I'll keep it with mine as I went out one morning or country pie. Oh man. I'll keep it with mine as I went out one morning and country pie. So there's this song uh, in Buffy where in late in season seven, um, it's that Spike's chip is malfunctioning and the trigger of its malfunction is this song okay. from his childhood. And it's called Early One Morning. Okay. And 
that's all I can think of is early one morning the sun was brightly shining and then Spike goes crazy and kills someone. So you want to go. So I I am drawn to that. As I went out one morning. Well, I can tell you that you've actually heard this song before on episode 25 uh, because it's on John Wesley Harding. So cast your mind back to to 2017, Kelly. I'm sure you know this song intimately. No, you don't. Uh, As I went out one morning off of John Wesley Harding, that will be episode 122. Kelly? All right. All right. So we we will come back to that. Um, Yeah, it's got that. And it's uh, on the latest uh, Bootleg series, volume 15. There's a couple of them on there, too. So we'll talk about all of that. And we'll revisit this one we haven't listened to in four years. (laughs) Not too bad. Yay. All right, Kelly. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun coming back. We'll keep it shorter next time. Have a great one. You too, buddy. Have a great one. (laughs) Have a good 2021. Enjoy enjoy the rain. Bye. See ya.